Welcome to the Thinking Church podcast with Lee Button and me, Chris Bright. Thinking Church exists to help your church thrive by helping you think through key strategic topics of church life. Each week we'll be tackling a different subject of church life and we'll be joined by some special guests along the way. So if you like this podcast, why not give us a like, give us a rating and give us a review as well. So without further ado, get your thinking caps on and let's get on with this week's episode. I think this is a very good time to start recording because yes, uh, my wife has just bought me uh, a fat head dough pizza, which you'll be thinking, what on earth is a fat head dough pizza? And it's fair, very- Chris, you've uh, yeah, you've taken those words right out of my mouth. I mean, it's the thing that you've it's been the question on your lips. And um, what I it feel is, like I've been waiting for this, Chris. Well, it's it's a um, it's a keto pizza. Oh, here we go. <laughs> yes um so it's a um it's a pizza base made mostly of cheese so there's a lot of cheese in here so it's cheese a bit of cream cheese um almond flour or linseed i didn't have any linseed on me um as you know as as many people don't and um and so i use almond flour instead and an egg and you you work it all together and it makes a dough um a very very sticky dough and I was like, put, is it is it chewy perchance um it, it's it to try it is to uh yeah it has to be tried to be believed i think but it does hold together i could have done with a, a baking um a baking sheet you know to um to make it a little bit less sticky on the uh the baking tray um, but here we are, and it's managed to be scraped off somehow, so we're all okay, and I have it, and it's my lunch. And um, so, yes. Uh, anyway, how are you, Lee? Well, I, I had eggs on toast, like a very, very different uh, uh, approach to my to, to a lunchtime snack. Uh, it wasn't all I had. I did put some other things with it. I also now have a coffee, because uh, that's basically my staple um I, I i am all for you uh being married to someone who is gluten-free we we know all the different flowers and things that you, you can use to to do all that so i'm 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 with that but uh okay i think i might draw the line at a fat head pizza because i do just enjoy an ordinary pizza yes um i well, i didn't have any ordinary pizza in the house and so i sort of whipped this up as a i wasn't quite sure what to make and so my brain went straight to fat head dough and um as it does you know to fair i still have like one of those uh kind of like a a comfort food style meal is that what it would be it's still the kind of like the remember the uh french bread pizzas the ones that you just get and you just like out of freedom yeah 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 it's very 90s uh yeah um yeah it's like, yeah, whip up some of that and some angel delight. There we go. Let's go proper back in time. <laughs> but it's, uh, yeah, that, 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 that would be it. But now, having just had some lunch, I am now feeling hungry again. Although I have got a desk full of chocolate, none of which is mine. Um, my kids seem to keep winning 
bags of gold coins, chocolate coins in the gold foil, the kind of very Christmas uh, thing. And uh, it seems to keep landing on my desk. Um, well, I think, learn. <laughs> I think learn. <laughs> what, what they're trying to tell you is that the wrappers are indicative of our podcast episode, which is all about structure. Oh, I'd like to think that was a decent segue. It's but, an awful um, segue, but we'll, we'll have go, to live I'm with it. I'm going to reserve judgment like I will for a keto pizza. I, I mean, you've got to try it. I mean, don't don't knock it till you tried it. I mean, you can knock it if you want to, um, and many people may. Um, but here we are. But we're going to talk about structure today. Rather like, uh, you know, the, the the dough of my pizza. We are interested in structure. And there we are. That's the, that's the real segue. That's what I should have done. And so... What we're going to look at today is okay. What is a good? What does a good church structure look like? Uh, is a question that we had uh, come to us on the weekend, and we just wanted to explore it in a little bit more depth. I've been writing and recording uh, a few bits and pieces about it during the week as well, which will be coming out on YouTube and uh, and blog as well, just to just sort of further explore the the topic. Uh, so let's start off, Lee, let's think about some structural mistakes that we've seen in church lands. What, what do we generally get wrong? People misunderstanding where it comes in the process. Uh, I think that's the, it's, look, it follows like many things. If you're, if you're copying a structure that someone else has done because they had success with it, doesn't mean you're going to achieve success with it picking a structure that's too big it's like wearing ill-fitting clothing when you're going to go you know like hiking or something like that you're not going to wear shoes that are too big if you're running a marathon it's it's that they're they're the kind of analogies that we can draw from this it's about having appropriate structure so i think the one is is selecting things that are too onerous and take time input resource and management um picking the structure before you've really landed what you're doing particularly if you are new uh in your in your project in your church in the ministry that you are that you are running so if you're starting off and it's day one probably not wise to pick a structure like a church has currently got that's been going for 40 years because they probably evolved to that point and a change and adapted over time but in current memory nobody remembers it being any different and that structure works for them and they're having great success so therefore we copy it and then we don't get great success so uh, yeah the biggest one is copying what somebody else has got putting it at the wrong stage in our um, assessment and planning and then you know structure is third or fourth around that list really before you hit kind of like the management stage and what how you will look after it and then renewal because ultimately we always come to a point where we need to renew what we're doing um making it too rigid that you know a structure is like don't don't keep flogging the structure if it's not working for you you know maybe it's meaning something else has to change uh, also too loose and again we're back we'll put it back in a little bit with the clothing analogies you know running shoes being too big too small will cause problems look it's you can you can up end what you're trying to do really quickly by choosing the wrong structure now but granted some structures are given to us just by the nature of what we do so we're not going to dismiss 
uh, those who are listening who have things like PCC and, you know, things that come down in a, a more um, uh, a, a given kind of structure in the more established denominations, Baptist, Methodists, uh, Church of England, etc. They, they actually have some principles and things in place that you work with. But again, I've seen them worked out by some people incredibly flexibly and other people where they work them out incredibly rigidly. And as a result, it's like I've always gone, is it, is it as they say, or have we just done what we've always done? Um, and sometimes it's down to who's been telling us about it. But look, largely, it's putting it at the wrong stage in your planning and your assessment about what you want to do and then choosing a structure that guides the conversation rather than having a conversation that guides the selection of the structure. Yeah, that's right. I've been thinking a lot about uh, how we structure our churches and I've come up with this um, analogy. I think when it comes to structure, analogies are very helpful. Uh, are, we, are, we go- are we going back down the football route, Chris? No, not on this one. Not on this one. Uh, this one is uh, Star Wars. Okay. okay. So, so I think this that... I go. Something else I haven't seen? You've not seen Star Wars, so I've seen I've seen a couple of the old movies. Uh, one originally in the cinema. Uh, I think I haven't seen anything since the Ewok movie. Okay, maybe I... maybe kind of like tuned in and out of a couple of the more recent things, but not not really been high on my agenda. Okay, I'm well... aware of it though. Come on, it's popular culture. I'm okay. totally aware of it. That, I know everything's fine. going on. In in so therefore you should have heard of something called the Death Star, uh, which is in A New Hope, and I think it's in this in Empire Strikes Back as well. Uh, I think I think it's in all three. So Darth Vader builds the Death Star, a ginormous uh, structure of death and you know uh, it's a very powerful uh, machine with one fatal flaw. If you just get a small fighter and it hits one specific spot, the whole thing blows up. And I thought this is a very interesting analogy of, I think, how some of our churches have been structured around the Western worlds, where it feels like we have a very impressive structure, but there's one fatal flaw. If you just hit one, you get one person out of the way, or, you know, just hit that one spot, and the whole thing collapses. I, I think I've seen so many examples of churches in, the Western world where if you, you know, it, it's, it, it's reliant on the failure of one person uh, and the whole church crumbles. And I think that to me seems inherently weak. You know, the, the Death Star was yeah. inherently weak because if it could be taken out by a tiny little fighter with Luke Skywalker in it, then it was never a strong structure to begin with. It was a very, very weak structure. And I think that's how we've structured our churches. They're not, they don't have that sense of resilience. They're they're built on the giftings and the skills of, of one one person. I think interesting though, this one here. So now um, I think most of my reference was more to legal structure and the things that enable us to do what we want to do. And now you're talking 
more along the lines of relational structures and kind of like uh, the creation. And maybe that's an important distinction is that there's two things there that go hand in hand and actually one, one supporting the other and vice versa, that actually relational things, there are always going to be relationally led organizations. Um, but there always comes a point just because of the nature of time and passing that mm. someone that's in charge today isn't going to be in charge in a hundred years time. Yes. Okay. So we maybe is that is the part of that as well. We have structures that aren't built for transition and uh, succession. Yeah, I think that's that's the case, and, I, and you're you're absolutely right. There are there are different layers when we structure is a is a, a nuanced word because you're right. There is there's legal structure, there's relational structure, there's the kind of functional structure of how, you know how the org chart works out. Um, of you know how how you get something done who the information's got to flow to that's a functional uh, yeah. that's a functional map a functional structure um then there's you know there's a there's a power structure as well because sometimes that doesn't always map the legal structure or the relational structure um so there's a, it is a very nuanced conversation and and I guess yes there's there's different things that you need you need strength and thought at all of on all of these different layers it's you can't just have one structure and think that that's going to suffice you've got to think about your relational structure and you've got to think about your legal structure and you've got to think about uh your functional structure all those things become the kind of the part of it i guess it's a bit like looking yeah. at you know um a map of the plumbing of your house is different from the map of the electrics of your house there's a different i really structure. hope so yeah, so if, you, if you're putting a plug into something that's wet, you've gone wrong. Well, yes, exactly, and um, and perhaps in many senses the, the analogy works because some of them never the twain shall they meet, um, and uh, and and so on that one that was sorry me that was me getting a bit worried because my knife from my da- my uh, fat head was about to fall off my plate, so I went whoa to, to catch uh, it. Um, I'm, I'm also going to add in at this point, and for those listening. If you were ever in any doubt about the approaches and the uh, intrinsic character and nature of Chris and I, Chris went straight for the relational aspect of structure, and I went straight for the legal nuts and bolts, the governance-derived element of what is what is there. Um, it probably probably doesn't take too much working out. I'm, I'm the one that probably doesn't lead these things with the... Uh, with, with with a pastoral bent. Uh, actually, I am looking at these things first. And this this is so this is the dynamic you get, like working with Chris and I, this is the kind of dynamic that you get, and probably why uh we were able to spot these things and hold those tensions between the two. But it's uh yeah, <laughs> that's a very, 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 very funny there, Chris, that that, yes. that, that came out so clearly. <laughs> but I think that's really helpful because I think that everyone will have that sense of they'll see it from different perspectives and when you're having that structure conversation with your leadership team or with your board of trustees you say let's look at our structure and someone's going to think about it from a relational side of it someone's going to think about it from a functional side of it someone's going to think about it from you know a a legal governance financial structure all of these things are really really important and we have to hold them in tension because um how do you how do you they they all interlink you want them to remain separate to a certain extent but they've got a link look i think 
like anybody that's listened long enough now is going to understand exactly where this is going because Chris I think we're a little bit one trick with our solutions to these things or as we think about them I'm guessing that this is going to come down to why you do it and uh what's yeah. in place as to make as to make as to make those um as to make those choices as to make those uh selections that it needs uh, a group of people who do bring that level of diverse thinking and that you can't you can't basically have one with without the other um you know it, it does need it but it is going to come down to why are you, are you doing this uh, ultimately it's you know i i if i'm you're not you're not going to try and if you if you're gearing it up to look like a a more corporate business structure but you're talking about uh, uh, freedom and kind of ministry and quite more progressive or on, on that 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 kind of ministry mm-hmm. side of it, you're probably not going to be able to get as far in the other types of structure. So there's a huge portion of this is absolutely reliant, as always, on why we're doing it. Yeah, that's absolutely right. And I think and then is the thing that you said at the beginning that that structure comes way further around the kind of planning cycle than we think it does i think my natural thought was when i first started thinking about strategy in churches was to put structure first how are we going to structure ourselves and then what we're going to achieve as a result but that's completely not true because structure should you know, form should follow function and so work out what your function is why you exist what you're there to do and then build the right vehicle to help you get there is a much better approach rather than saying what what vehicle do I want to build now and you know now where shall I go because I've got that because I've got that vehicle I think yeah. let's get the first things first let's work on your, your mission vision and and strategy first yeah ab- absolutely but so the, the next question is how much structure do you need to put in place yeah well what do you need to take that next step because the whole of the structure might change. We've talked again about uh, this is about um, horizon, not destination, because you might over the course of time need to correct that route slightly. So like you might be, you know, you're on a heading, but you can't fully label that destination. It's about the direction first. So, I think like what's the what's the smallest amount you need to start off today? Now I'm I'm in a church that basically started from scratch, and I I was there at the the beginning helping them um, convey that. And basically, one of the first things that they needed to do in what in, in how they were how they were lining things up was they they needed to be an entity so that they could gather tithes, offerings, and do some financial commitments, enter into contracts, and rent space they wanted to do that so that was a that was a bit of a given they were going to be recognized as um, advancing the christian faith so you like go right you've got a charitable aim very you know pretty well ring fenced as a as a, as a charitable objective and uh it's like is there is is there anything else and it's like Actually, day one, when we're starting this and we're growing it and we're going to see what happens and what comes, that's enough to get us off the ground. We don't need to have sought out every minute option that could come our way in the next decade on day one. 
the important thing was to get something that was light and flexible in place quickly that we could begin and then put in place the ability to review it. So you only ever need enough to safeguard the next step, really. You're probably looking a bit further ahead and there's some things in there, um, you know, on a governance point of view, you'll have things around if you go the charity route and you make that registration, you'll have things about the trustees and rotation and how to do minutes and, you know, how to how to do decision making and the role of spiritual leadership and things like that. That has to be thought through. But after that, you can be quite light and then look at your activities and what you'll be carrying out. OK, what do we need to ensure? What do we need a policy for? What do we need a procedure for? If we're gathering finance, we need a finance policy. And if we're going to do some banking and we're going to collect money, then we need some procedures. If we're going to do gift aid, then we need to make sure we've got a registration and it's a policy and a procedure. And after you've got a few of those, you'll probably start thinking, right, does any of that expose us to risk? What risk assessments do we need in place? And how do we back that up with risk assessments? And it will grow. You don't need everything on day one. Okay, and I think the, the 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 main thing about it is keep a close eye on it, minute everything, and if you haven't got something in place but you recognise that you need it, document that fact. And if you're working towards it, you're you're not going to come a cropper unless it's still on the stack a year down the line. But if you're like we have noticed as of today that we need to increase this, let's say you've employed someone, there's a change in HR. So we need to update contracts. We've now got that on the table that this needs to be in place by and you work towards it. So there's that there is a forecast. There is a proactive looking. But actually, you need enough to cope competently with your next step. And normally, the more culturally embedded that becomes at that point, the more people will be willing to look at structure and review structure. Um, I'd say it's the same on the relational side of things as well. There is a day at the very beginning when you and two of your friends starting off something with a church adequately can cope with decision making while you eat a pizza um, over messages on a WhatsApp group. But there comes a day a couple of years down the line where that team has grown that those things don't scale quite the same way. And now you need to go, hmm, maybe we need something a bit more um supportive to this process to understand decision making decision making rights who can make decisions on what and i think that's where it comes now down to don't start to put rules in place because rules can really create uh barriers to you ultimately start thinking about the principles with which you would make decisions that actually if people within the team can have distributed decision making you know they're going to make decisions in the right direction because it's not about destination it also helps you build intolerance for things going wrong um, and ways to appraise what's happening but build it in at the beginning with an expectation of scale and do we say it again right we've touched up we've touched on why we do it we've touched on guiding principles We, we we may as well now go to like you know document it yeah, that's that that's yeah. that's also that's also critical to the to the process. But also don't don't be scared to change it, but it has to become cultural.
I have actually two extra analogies. So I've already had the Death Star analogy. Uh, I said, I think... In the Death Star, am I right in thinking though? Right, so one of them got blown up. Yeah, the first Death Star, and then they start building right. another one. And they start building another one with the same defect? Oh, I can't remember. It's been a long time since I've watched the originals. I believe, I don't think I had quite the same one because it's not exactly the same film. Um, but there was another defect and they did most of it. They didn't finish this, the second one. It was half half complete. Yeah, because I think that's a structural thing there as well, is that when it doesn't work and then something collapses, that we rebuild it as it was. Yeah. And it's like, no, 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 now's the time to look at look at the plot, look at the space that we have to do this and what would serve us better. Don't Don't be afraid to change things, but know yeah. why you're changing. So the the my other analogies are with structure is and I've I've made a little video for this for for YouTube which will be coming out in December and it's uh the, to think about structure like you said you just need enough structure and just to think about it like a guitar and with a guitar uh, there's a I remember hearing a quote from Bob Taylor who made Taylor guitars I wish I could afford a Taylor guitar they're very nice guitars um but he said that you he builds his guitars as if they're almost falling apart They've, they've only got just enough structure but it's, so the air can move around the guitar and that's what makes the great sound of the the Taylor guitar is that it's not it's got enough structure it has to have enough structure otherwise you don't have a guitar you you've just got bits of wood everywhere um and some metal strings um so it has to have enough structure but if it has too much structure the sound isn't as good and I like that thought that actually what's most important is the sound. The sound, yeah. of, the sound of your church is the most important thing. You need enough structure. I think you, there we go. So basically, if it's if the structure is too rigid, yeah, people don't get to kind of like have that enough movement. You can't create any level of harmony. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, completely. So you, if you overstructure your church, and there's policies and procedures everywhere, and red tape and bureaucracy then it's just gonna it, you'll still make a sound it's just not as nice and it's about that air moving through the the system the organization the 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 guitar the entity uh, and when that air can move through that's when you get the that's when you know you've got not too much structure yeah. but just enough and i think that's where when we when we look at business models if you look at um you know, who did the predictable success one um I can't remember his name. Uh, he he uh, would talk about in, uh, it was Les McEwen. That's it, Les McEwen. And he, he would talk about in the, the life cycle of a business, that predictable success is when you've hit that sweet spot of just enough structure, not too much structure. When you start hitting on the, the downside of the curve, when you're going into the phases that are called treadmill and the big rut, you've got too much structure, too much policy, too yeah. much procedure, too much red tape, and it's stifling the life out of the organization. And you you actually need to find a way to reduce well, that down. I think I'd add that as well, is that if you have overstructured an area and it feels too rigid and people can't move, when you do need to do some work there and change it, it takes an inordinate amount of effort to get the result that's required. Yeah. At which point you are in danger of also breaking it. Yeah, yeah. If it's um, if you've re if you've structured it to such a point where there's no movement and any movement becomes, yeah, we could break it. If it's so highly strong 
and everything's so highly taught, any movement is is breakage, and that's uh, that that can be a bad, that uh, well, can be, yeah, can be almost fatal. So that that was my analogy number one. Um, I, I I like it. I think people can get on board with that. I think it's uh, I I like that thing though that, yeah, it, it it's just no. Do you think sometimes we get scared in church world of people? having too much movement too much freedom sometimes in those areas yeah. on the relational piece yeah that, yeah i think i think yeah, that's very I, true but i think that's where it, it needs to every you know things linking together is, is really important and that's when we when we talk about simple guiding principles about the the you know we we've talked about this on a previous podcast about how it's so much more than just these are things we like as a church which is you know what values are values are these are the things that we like we value worship but that doesn't really help people live out what it means to be your church and actually simple guiding principles turn that into something actionable and something that um people can be accountable to as well yeah so actually then you can start to give freedom and you can start to give more responsibility because as long as they do them in line with the simple guiding principles and towards the mission then they may not do them as you would do them but they're still they're still within the breadth of uh, correct decision making yeah and so that means that you can allow more freedom allow more movement the expectation of um, people to perform i think is a is a bit of a misnomer uh, but also like, i mean we're touching now from structure in terms of a more open sense of how we would view structure into more now now we're almost approaching management which is the literal management of what's in place on a structure but we know what it's like to be um micromanaged by somebody where like literally every little thing it's like you might you may as well have done it yourself at that point so i think it's you know in that sense the structure that the the behaviors on the top are probably mirroring the principles of your structure if you've got micromanagement happening if things aren't happening to you know good enough for you because it's not at a certain height or standard you've probably got underlying structure which is too rigid because one is informing the other whereas actually what does it look like to be able to give things away when somebody's able to do it 80 percent as well as you and now you're delegating it is that have you got a structure that would you know that allows for that? Uh, but you know we've spoken about. Um, um, well, I I can come on. At I'm this trying point. to think. I'm trying to think of the life church guy. I've forgotten his name. Entirely. Craig Rochelle. Craig Rochelle is his. Um, you know, we'd say like when somebody can do it eighty percent as good as you, pass it on. Um, so to delegate, I think his is like fifty percent. Yeah, fifty. Yeah. yeah. It's like, no, 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 let, let, let them run with it. Because if you've lived with it for a while, there was a time when you probably sucked at it. And now if they're starting off, they're probably still better than you were when you started. So, it, but yeah, it's like, you know, does that is still an insight onto your structure, I, I, I would say. So if you're looking at things and there is an unhealth in teams and the more management aspect of what you're doing as a church i think some of that would speak to whether your structure needs revisiting
Yeah, and this this does lead on to my third analogy. This I should call this like analogies of structure or something, but I don't think anyone will get it, so I'll just call it structure. But this is my third analogy of structure, which is um, there. This it's not my own analogy, but I've 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 taken it to another step further, which is there's an analogy that an organization is a bit like a boat. And so what it means is you've got something, some of the boat is below the waterline, some's above the waterline. So anything that's above the waterline, you know, if 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 you do something and and a decision is made above the waterline, it's not going to sink the ship. But if if you make a decision that's below the waterline, it could potentially be fatal for the church organization, whatever that is, whatever the entity is. So the idea is that you don't delegate out decisions that are below the waterline. They're the ones that you want to keep, but you want to empower people to make decisions above the waterline. So that's quite a well, yeah. well-known uh, analogy that's that's used. But I'm I'm taking it another step further, which is I think the more policies and procedures you've got is like adding extra weight to the boat. So if I was to put put, put my hand on a little small toy boat, I'd push that boat further and further into the water with the pressure. And then more of the more of the boat becomes underneath the waterline. Yeah, and and that pressure of policies, procedure, red tape, structure—you know—too much structure adds that weight, extra weight onto the boat. And then you've got to start making more decisions yourself, and that inhibits what you can then give away. It slows your boat down. Uh, so it's actually really important that that you think about the policies and procedures, the structure will actually have a, a tangible link to, to your management. So I, I actually, um, I, I really like, I really like the, uh, the, the ship analogy and the waterline, particularly decision-making, but look, there's a, there's a thing on ships that, 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 that carry, um, which is the plimsoll line, which is um, a range of markings near that waterline that show if they start going below the water, that there's carrying too much load, mm-hmm. and if it's low way above the water, then it can probably take some more. I'm I'm wondering if we sometimes concern ourselves with the bottom and with the top, we forget about working out what that margin is, what our markers yeah. are to know when it's right. Because let, let's face it, right? So there's there's times of the year as a church when our structure is it easier than at other times, and if we had a plimsoll line on our church. There are times when we carry more than at other times of year. For instance, around Easter and around Christmas, the overheads of running church go through the roof. Okay. And yes. actually, when you're dealing with that number of guests and that number of visitors, do you know I mean? and you're dealing with more kids' works, maybe productions, or maybe you've just gone back into your building and you've realized you've got to do 79 uh carol services to get your congregation through if everybody comes do you know what i mean it's like those things you've like so what is that what are the tolerances what 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 would be the plimsoll line on your on your on your church ship at that time at that point in time and does it does it change throughout the year throughout the seasons and cycles of you as a church and other times when you need extra support or less support or you can carry more or carry less so and some of that's also um changes with environment and circumstance so like you know during covid we haven't probably had to worry quite so much if we've not gone back to a building about certain elements of looking after the buildings okay like just a bit of a given really um so some of that has gone off us but pressures have come on elsewhere we've all Mm. realized that we haven't got enough tech people say or that we don't own enough equipment or the fact that because amazon's got a delay on it now you know i mean it's all these things have chain effects 
So structuring appropriately and just working out some of those tolerances against your guiding principles about what you would favor over something else. What would you promote um, ahead of other things will help you work out those tolerances. And then what's above the line and below the line becomes a much clearer thing to discuss. Yeah, I think that's really that's a great point. And um, and on this, if you're thinking about, OK, we're trying to think about how we structure our church better. Um, I think it all does come down to having those principles in place. Now, they don't have to be like church wide ones. They could be just for structure. I think it's um, Patrick Lencioni talks about having uh, strategic anchors. So when you're when you're starting to work these things out, you almost have guiding principles just for setting up your structure like we want it to be you know we want to have enough structure but not too much structure okay so that yeah. so how do we work that out but there are things that guide you when you're making it and i think that's they they almost become like they become like the mark markers on the boat that are your your plimsoll lines plimsoll lines i thought yeah. plimsolls were shoes are they no, plimsoll? That's, a plim, that's a plimsoll a plimsoll with a double l at the end no e is named uh. after the person that invented it now Someone's going to correct me. I'm going to say that this person, that it's Samuel. Can I Google that now? <laughs> sure. I mean, well, actually, I'm, I'm sure I can I fill for time. Well, oh, you... now there, there's a thing. Right? I said I'm going to Google it. I do not use Google at all. Um, I use, um, for search, I use DuckDuckGo. So, but to say I'm going to DuckDuckGo it, uh, I don't know. Um... Sorry, total aside. Let me let me just quickly look that up. Uh but I think it's uh, I'll, what I'll do is I'll fill, for whilst you do this I'll I'll, um, I'll talk and I think I think having that that thing where you you've you can't just go into structure saying what do I want my structure to be unless you've agreed some principles and I think this is oh, the, I mean this is the key thing principles absolutely. principles always precede you know the outcome and what it's going to be you have to have these guardrails of what it's going to look like you know you've got to sketch out the general shape before you start doing all of the artwork i'm not doing it i'm just I, there's way too many analogies for this podcast today well, i think i think that is it's like actually to set out where our plimsoll line is going to be and work out that we've got the appropriate structure we need to know what we're going to carry and in what environment big difference between taking your boat around the med as to taking it across the atlantic big difference between fresh water and salt water. Do you know what I mean? Like there's a big difference between if you, so where your church is, there will be markers as to what you can carry. That will also infer. So if you're, if you're a small village church and you are doing very community heavy activity because of the nature of the people and the, uh, the, the, uh, the, 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 the psychographic and the behaviors of the people around you, then you are not going to operate with a structure like a city center church. Yeah. That's correct. You will have some matching principles. I would guarantee it. Yeah, and those but, principles could scale if you, you know, if your church starts to grow rapidly and your town was growing rapidly and your, you know, your village becomes a city, those principles could help you transition, but you're going to have to rebuild the structure each step along the way. But those principles will will undergird and will guide you along that way to be able to set yeah. good principles that are in line with the direction of your church. Yeah, and depending on who you've got and how you're building and what you employ for, that's going to guide the policies and procedures and how you do things and what it comes to with decision-making. But again, there are some things that are our constant. Like, 
uh, safeguarding um, and, you know, certain elements of health and safety and risk. But we already know that some of those things uh, that although we have good practice and we'll put things in place, there are levels if you're really, like if you run a company, there are levels when I think it's below five employees. It's different to when you're over five employees. And if you didn't employ staff compared to employing staff. You know, these things all infer different aspects of what you're doing. So, you know, safeguarding is safeguarding, right? Yeah. Okay. The level to which you might need, like, say, adult safeguarding or some of the, you know, other aspects of it might might vary slightly Mm -hmm. or, you know, the level to which you need to be trained or even down to, like, your financial management. Those structures will, will, you know, can, can vary somewhat. Principally, the thing still holds. We are going to safeguard uh, but you know, and so there's things there that will look common, but try not to copy other people and make sure it's right size for you, appropriate, not a burden, not creating burnout. And guess what, Chris? It comes back to can you do this healthily? Yes, and I think that's that's the thing. It is, it's all down to health because too much structure is ill health. Not enough structure is ill health. You've got to have just the right amount. It's got to be kind of Goldilocks style, not too much. Um, and yes. there we are another analogy um, um, by the way it is is definitely Samuel Plimsoll Samuel Plimsoll we have actually I think we're going to have to call this the analogies of structure or something like that today because it's just been an analogous um, which is I think that's fine because I think pictures help us think through these things and they are the basis of creating these principles Yes. And that, I think that's that's important. So what we don't want to do is just because it can be sometimes hard for people to go, OK, it just all feels very theoretical. But that that theoretical uh, philosophical standpoint leads to the principles, which then leads to the actions. And yeah. and so starting from that place of principle is is absolutely key. So actually thinking through these uh, analogies about how structures work and how other structures work in boats and you know guitars and things like that they are going to help you set really strong principles in place no absolutely and look there's 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 other aspects so people probably know even listening to this one episode you know that chris and i are having open discussions we're trying to explore things and think things and we do many things off the cuff this isn't you know we don't we don't plan to this but it is about making sure that we think these things rather than that we've got one template that is rolled out because, you know, we don't do cookie cutter churches. There's a unique and God-given mandate for um, every church out there to be all that they can be to serve the people in their, in their location and beyond uh, depending on, you know, what they're called to. So it's like, you know, we don't want to go down that uh, cookie cutter approach. This is about thinking broadly and making sure we're taking learnings from other other places. But there's one that just like springs to mind. Maybe you're a church and you are in a denomination, and actually now for what you're doing, it doesn't fit. It's like, can you can you leave a denomination well and join another denomination? You know, like are these things a possibility? We've seen denominations set up around centralized structures and decentralized structures and around certain ways of doing things, maybe after certain iterations of your church and leadership and succession that's gone on, maybe it fits or doesn't fit. Is that a thing that can be challenged? Is that a thing that can be spoken about? Are you tied to it forever? 
What what does it give you? What does it support you? Maybe you're a church that's independent without a denomination. You're looking to partner, network, or actually find some more formal belonging. Maybe that's part of the journey. Like, I, I think we need to be prepared that all of these things can be uh, talked about. Yeah. And I think um, that. the question of what is a denomination even, you know, how do you structure a denomination? Because there's no one way to do it. There is, uh, there's centralized denominations, there's completely decentralized denominations, there's, um, the, and, and, and kind of everything in between, really. And, and actually, they, it could be that the, how your church is becoming or what your church is becoming lends itself to a different denomination. And that, that could be true. I mean, the, what, what differentiates other denominations, of course, is statement of belief and, you know, the, the theological side of it, which, of course, is important as, as well. So there, there's a lot of aspects that go into to the structure of a denomination, even, um, and I think that there, but there is scope, and there, and there, there could be scope for for churches that actually would it be better for them and more uh, advantageous for the mission of what they're trying to achieve to to change denominations, and I think that's that that should be started to look be looked at within the uh, the church in the UK because I think that's that's a helpful thing. It's it's how can denominations help each other because we're all on the same side, remember. Um, how can we all help each other do things better? So, you know, the Baptists can help the Methodists and who can help AOG and help Elim. You know, everyone can help everyone. Uh, because That's we're all... the unity piece. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, absolutely. And I mean, that, that that's part of the, uh, like, so some of my, my primary working, probably no surprise, has been within Baptist, Methodist uh, uh, circles. Um, probably more because we do look at structure and how to flex within those things that are sometimes seen as more rigid, um, looking at ways to innovate and take learnings, but also connecting them to non-denominationals or new denominations uh, as to the learnings that they can bring in that are going to help them address things to make sure that they are themselves future-proof. So we have done some denominational level work helping people yeah. take the best bits from those who may be less structured to those who are maybe, you know, at times overly structured. But I've, I've got to say sometimes for the weight and things that are, are worked out, the bigger denominations have done a lot of this thinking for you mm-hmm. um, on, on the day-to-day practicalities of, of doing stuff and uh, provide a lot of great resource and great input. So like on this stuff, check in with what's available and see what you can learn but don't don't keep it narrow go broad brilliant lee thank you so much again for your input today always great absolute uh, pleasure to hear and you know uh, if you've got any comments or thoughts just drop us an email podcast at thinking.church we'd love to be able to read it out on the show um lee i will see you again next week for another episode i think it'll be our final one before before christmas so um it, you know what it it will it will be so yes we'll, we'll have to have a christmas themed episode um who knows what that'll be um, i'll bring the mince pies brilliant yes you bring them on skype or i'll Zoom. bring is it a fat based mince uh fat pie? head fat head dough actually that's the thing that i've been trying to think through how would i make a keto mince pie turns out you don't you just make a mince pie uh, and just take the hit on the carbs um, mince pies are glorious they are glorious um yes and best better made um better made at home because the structure is better 
Because again, I think this. I'm going to come down to this because your church is a lot like a mince pie. Um, you don't want you don't want a too hard a pastry, but you don't want too crumbly. There and, we go. And I think Chris, of that. Chris. We've jumped you're, the you're shark. Over-egging it now. Yeah, literally overegging. <laughs> oh no, there's no. Is that there's no eggs in? Never mind. Right, I'll say goodbye now, Lee. Thank you so much. I'll see you again next week. See you soon. Well, thank you so much for joining us for this week's episode. And don't forget that you can send in your thoughts, comments, uh, discussions for whatever we've talked about. Uh, Just drop us an email, podcast at thinking.church, and we'd love to be able to read it out on the show. Uh, We'll be back with another podcast next week, so stay tuned for that. Uh, We will see you soon. Bye for now.